Well, Christmas is coming, is it not? Um, even though this uh, Tuesday was, I think it was Tuesday, this was a rough day for me, but this week was kind of rough with all the news of people and getting sick and all that within the congregation. So Tuesday, it hit me. It was a rough week, but um, this story that we're going to read today helped me out. Um, so I hope it encourages us. Uh, Christmas is coming. Uh, we celebrate Jesus coming and dwelling with us as a baby and then eventually leading to the cross, just what Tony mentioned in the communion meditation. So I hope this story today, as we learn from more characters, that it will encourage you in this time of year. Last week we started with this, and I want to start with it again. William Placker writes this, Even the stories of his birth make clear that Jesus is going to change the rules. He is a king born in a stable. He is God made flesh. But his birth occasions scandal and violence. Authorities appear in the story ordering people around and massacring children. It is an embarrassed woman, some strange foreigners, and some disreputable shepherds who seem to be those with whom and through whom God is working in the birth of this human being who is also God. Jesus' birth set the pattern for his ministry. The characters of Christmas... Do we read about them? Do we learn from them? Last week we looked at Mary and Joseph, correct? I hope it was um, enlightening to you, maybe some new stuff you haven't learned before about Mary and Joseph. This week we're looking at shepherds and angels, um, two things I never wanted to be a part of in a Christmas program. I didn't want to be shepherds, didn't want to be the angels. Um, But we're going to learn about them today. Then next week, Simeon and Anna, we might forget about those to older people in the temple waiting for this Savior. And then King Herod and the Magi. Um, just so you know, the Magi are my favorite. Um, and I'll tell you why when we get there. But the Magi are always my favorite in the story. So those are our characters. And remember, the characters of Christmas get us what? Into the spirit of Christmas. Have any of you started watching Christmas movies or reading Christmas stories? Who, raise your hand. Come on. We started. We watched one last night, was it? Or the other night. Friday night we watched one. So getting into the Christmas spirit, what do we read? What do we watch? We said it last week. We don't have to re- replay that. But remember, when we watch those movies, we read those books that get us excited about Christmas, let's not forget the true meaning of why we celebrate Christmas. And you know why we celebrate Christmas, because Jesus came into the world. So as we continue this study, go home, read it yourself, study it yourself. Learn about these characters and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you truths that we can learn from these different characters. Because when I study at my desk, I'm learning new things every day. I'm like, I didn't see that as a kid growing up. I didn't see that as a 20-year-old. I didn't see that as a 30-year-old. When I was a 36-year-old, I'm seeing these, these things in the Bible that the characters are saying, the characters are doing, who they're interacting with. They encourage me, and I hope they encourage you. 
So pray with me as we continue our character's study. God, with God, thank you so much for coming to be with us as a baby. Thank you for this season we can celebrate that and remember that. Because without Jesus, there's no meaning to life. So thank you for these characters we can study surrounding the birth narrative of Jesus that we can learn from, that we can grow in our grace and knowledge of you. Help us today to be attentive with our ears and our minds. And as we leave, help us to change our lifestyle so that we can be joyful Christians, joyful followers of Jesus, because we know the hope that we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to do some fun today. Who likes fun? I like fun. Now, there was an old show called Name That Tune. You remember that show? But we're going to do Name That Song because I can't play the piano. I could have got Kelsey to come up here and play. But I'm going to give you a lyrics. I'm going to give you a lyrics of a song, and you just shout it out if you know it, okay? Here we go. Here's a lyric from a song. From angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to men. From heaven, all gracious king. Anybody know that song? Online, put it in the the comments if you have it. Anybody know that? It's an old hymn. Nobody. It came upon a midnight clear. Thank you. Here's another one. While shepherds watched their flocks by night, all seated on the ground, the angel of the Lord came down and glory shone around. Uh, Just so you know, these are maybe all hymns, so. While shepherds watched their flocks, it was right in there. Thank you, Colleen. So, while shepherds watched their flocks. Here's another one. Shepherds in the fields abiding, watching o'er your flocks by night. God with man is now residing. Yonder shines the infant light. Anybody? It's an angel's song. Angels from the realms of glory. Here's another one. I hope everybody knows this one. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Away in a manger. Thank you. Another one. There's two more. While shepherds kept their watching or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Way to go. Go tell it on the mountain. We should be doing that, right? Go telling it wherever we can. Last one, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled. Hark the herald angels sing. Now, all but one of them that I did today, what do all these songs, Away in a Manger is not involved here, but I had to throw that one in there because we're talking about Jesus. What do we learn from these songs that I just, we just heard today in this name that song what do we learn from them thank you they're all about angels and shepherds what are we learning about today shepherds and angels so away in a manger does not talk about i don't think so but it's jesus we're going to get some jesus today don't worry so 
they all talk about shepherds and angels being a part of the Christmas narrative, the birth of Jesus. Today we're going to the Gospel of Luke, so you can turn there. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at 1 through 21 today. So, as we journey through this story, I want you to look at the shepherds and look at the angels and what we can learn from them. And I want to catch you up with the story here. So, last week we talked about Luke chapter 1, the Mary story. But after Mary and her, she comes back to Nazareth after spending three months with Elizabeth and Zechariah. So, John the Baptist is born, okay? Zechariah, writing that the child's name would be John, he gets his voice back. Remember, Zechariah lost his voice to show that this was going to become true. He writes John, the name of the child, his voice comes back, and he praised God and prophesied about this son that he has and about the future Redeemer, whom John would prepare the way for. So Zechariah's son, named John, you know, back in those days, you're supposed to name your son after your, yourself. So it was going to be a family name. But John was not in the family. But you know the story. It's going to be called John. Because it's God's plan. And God wants this baby to be called John. And then we know Jesus, call him Jesus. But John prepares the way for Jesus. That's just before this narrative as we come to Luke chapter 2. So as we read this, you're going to see Mary and Joseph in here again. Okay, so don't forget about Mary and Joseph. They're still in the story. So last week we talked about Mary and Joseph, but today we're going to still get some more Mary and Joseph. Okay, so let's read Luke chapter 2. Again, this, the words are not on the screen because I want you to pay attention and visualize the story because even if you don't have a Bible open, you can visualize this story. You can see where they're at. What's going on? Who's in the story? I like to picture things. So when you picture things, you might see a different side of the story. There's only two kids in here. So if you want to draw a picture of some of these things, that'd be great. There's some pictures in here that would be amazing if people would draw it. So if you're ones that like to draw, draw these pictures, these things that you hear in here. It would be amazing. So let's read. Luke chapter 2, verses 1, starting in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken on the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So, Caesar Augustus. Anybody know who Caesar Augustus is? He's a what? He's the emperor of the entire Roman world. Now, this Caesar Augustus, he was probably one of the most well-known ones, probably the best Roman emperor that ever lived. He was one that brought peace. You've heard of the Pax Romana? It was under Caesar Augustus, the Roman peace. He brought peace, but it was not the best way to bring peace. He brought it with uh, oppression, coercion, forced peace. Here's what workingpreacherwriter.com, she's a writer for this. Elizabeth Johnson said this about Caesar Augustus. He was hailed Prince of Peace, the Savior of the world, 
and that he achieved peace by coercion and oppression, which is no true peace at all. So we read about this Roman peace, but it was no true peace at all. He orders a census to be taken. That just means everybody had to go register at their hometown. So he would know who's in the Roman Empire. So Joseph, let's read on. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth. Remember last week we talked about Nazareth. They left Nazareth to go. To Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So you see here, Joseph has to go to Bethlehem. That's his hometown. That's his, where he needs to go register. He takes Mary along. Now, does Mary need to be registered, if you know it? Yes or no? Does Mary have to go with Joseph? Ralph shaking his head no. That's correct. Mary does not have to go with Joseph. But why do you think Joseph takes Mary? What did we learn last week? There's scandal, right? She's pregnant. Ridicule from the neighbors. So she takes Mary with him to go be pledged, or to go register. I found that interesting because what if Mary stayed behind? What do you think that situation might have looked like? Not good. Joseph's not there. Her families might be there, but the family's probably getting ridiculed too if they found out. So she takes Mary. That's always interesting to me when I read that. Mary doesn't have to go, but she does. This reminded me of a story. It says there was no room, there was no guest room available for them. Now, there's commentators, there's a bunch of preachers that I read about, writers, and they're like, there's no, there's no angry innkeeper here. You know all the plays, they say it's an angry innkeeper. There's no room here, get out. There's, not, there's no angry innkeeper here. There's just no room. Why? Because there's probably thousands upon thousands of people going to Bethlehem to be registered. So there's no room. This reminded me of when me and Kelsey lived in Korea. We had the bright idea of going to amusement park on Christmas Day. That's what they do in Korea. With a friend, we went to amusement park, and it, what, we, were, we had to travel to a different city. We're in Seoul, and we had to find somewhere to stay. Our friend had somewhere to stay, but we're like trying to find a hotel room. We go to the first hotel, oh, we're all booked up. We go to the next one, we're all booked up. We go to one, and they're like, I, I get to the front desk, and the, the person at the desk is like, we only have one room left, but it doesn't have windows. Is that okay? I'm like, we're getting it. Let's go. We just need a room to stay. So I felt like, Mary and Joseph a little bit. There's no room, but there's one. There's no windows, but there is a one room. You can have it. So there's no room for them. But they go 
to a stable probably because that's what they call them. It could have been a house. But they laid Jesus in a manger. That's going to be, think about the manger and keep that in mind as you read the story following here with the shepherds. Verse 8, and there were shepherds. Who likes shepherds? Does anybody like shepherds? Come on. Greg does. JD a little bit. Okay. Shepherds are, you learn a lot from shepherds, okay? So, huh? They watch over the sheep. That is correct. So they're shepherds. They enter the scene here. They're living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So shepherds are introduced to this story. Now, just reading verse 8. What do we know about the shepherds? Not very much, right? All they're doing is watching their flocks at night, out in the fields nearby. That's all we get from that verse. But we're going to see later more about the shepherds. So go to verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So an angel appears to these shepherds. They're watching their flocks at night. An angel appears to them. The glory of the Lord shining around them. Now, if we were these shepherds, okay, we're shepherds. We're out in the field, and we saw an angel appear, and the glory of the Lord shining around us. I don't know about you, but no doubt I'm going to be terrified. Are you going to be terrified? Some of you may be like, that would be pretty cool to see. But I'd be like, uh, what's going on here? I'm terrified. These shepherds were not just scared, okay? They're not just scared or frightened. They were greatly afraid, another translation says. Greatly afraid. And I like this. The Holman Christian Standard Bible, there's a footnote on the bottom of the page in this Bible. And it says this on the footnote. This literally means they feared a great fear. It's not just a fear. They feared a great fear. So they're terrified. I mean, have you ever been that terrified? Probably not. I haven't. The closest thing, I I mean, it happened this week. It wasn't the close thing, but I'll tell you about a fear thing. So I'm sitting at my desk preparing, and all of a sudden I heard this, I mean, louder than that. It was right above me in my office. And I was like, what was that noise? And I was like, oh, the the attic space up there. Something fell, so I'm going to go look at it. I couldn't figure out what it was, but it scared me. I was like, is there going to be an animal up here? So that was a, a little terrifying this week, but not like these shepherds. They were greatly terrified. Literally, they feared a great fear. Verse 10, let's read verse 10. But, key word there, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, if you've read Luke's gospel up to now, we we looked at Mary and the angel appearing to her and Joseph appearing to Joseph in the dream. What's the normal response of the angel after after the angel visited their the person they're visiting. What do they say? Don't be afraid. So what are these shepherds? Greatly 
afraid. They're terrified. But the angel says, don't be afraid. The news I'm going to share with you will cause great joy for all the people, including you, shepherds. I wrote down this. This is going to be the greatest news ever. Is this the greatest news ever told? What's coming? Yes, it is. Luke doesn't mention it, but these shepherds were probably very attentive to what this angel is about to say. I mean, if you're greatly terrified, you probably have no room to talk. You have no room to move because you're, you're stuck in your tracks. So they're attentive to this angel. They're ready to receive this news. Verse 11, we get the news here. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. A Savior. The Messiah, the Lord, has been born to you in the town of David. Bethlehem. They're tending their flocks on the hillside, in the fields near Bethlehem. I just was wondering at my desk, did these shepherds remember something from history? Go to 1 Samuel. Jody, I'm bringing in 1 Samuel, just like our Sunday school. You said nobody goes to Samuel. We're doing it today, in Sunday school and in preaching. So, 1 Samuel chapter 16 I wonder if they remembered this story. 1 Samuel 16. This is Samuel going to anoint somebody to be king. Verse 1 says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. The Lord tells Samuel, go to Jesse of Bethlehem. And you, know, you probably know the story. If you don't, all of Jesse's sons come before Samuel, and Samuel's like, not the one, not the one, not the one. Do you have another one? Do you have another son? Go to verse 11. There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and a handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And, the Spirit, and from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. So David is anointed king of Israel in Bethlehem. Do you think the shepherds read about that? They're shepherds themselves, and David's a shepherd, and he gets anointed king. Not only, I was wondering, not only they have that memory, but we talked about Caesar Augustus. He was hailed Prince of Peace, Savior of the world. The angels come to these lowly, humble shepherds with the news that 
this news is going to cause great joy for all people. Enduring Word commentator David Guzik wrote, The angel announced the birth of a Savior, which was and is exactly the need of humankind. We don't need another advisor, a reformer, or a committee, but a Savior. The world needed then and needs now peace. Caesar Augustus was hailed Prince of Peace, Savior of the world. You are a great emperor, Caesar. But the angels come to these shepherds and say, A Savior is born. The Messiah. The Lord in Bethlehem. And Caesar's not the Savior. It doesn't say that, but you can add that. Verse 12. A verse maybe we overlook sometimes. Or get wrong sometimes. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Do you ever hear stories or teachers or preachers say he was born in the stable? That's the sign? What does it say there? Lying in a manger. The angels give a specific sign to these shepherds about the Savior that's going to be born. A manger was the sign. A manger. An animal feeding trough. I don't know about you, but I would not lay my baby in an animal feeding trough. But Jesus, the Savior of the world, was lying in a manger. You're going to find that, shepherds. That's your sign. You will find a baby lying in a manger. Now, wrapped in cloths, every baby is going to be wrapped in cloths, correct? Yes. One teacher said, today would be like if you, you know, a baby has a diaper on, that's not going to be the sign, okay? Every baby is going to have a diaper on. But this baby, it's going to be wrapped in cloths like every other baby, but it's going to be lying in a manger, There's your sign, shepherds. Verse 13 and 14. Remember away in a manger? You know, some people, growing up, I loved the song. Then I got older and I was like, I don't understand why we sing this song, but now I do. Away in a manger. That's the sign. Verse 13. Suddenly, Not just one angel now. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angel is joined by a great company. doesn't say a number. One preacher said it was too many to count. You can't count these. And they say one of the best sayings ever, okay? They say one of the best things you will ever hear. Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. When I was in seminary, I wrote a paper, my first year of seminary, I wrote a paper about Noah and the flood story. Genesis 6, 8 says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. 
and I was researching it when I was doing the paper, only Moses, or Noah and Moses, later Moses in the stories, are the only two that have been considered to have found favor or grace in the sight of God. And what do we have here? Favor. Whom his favor rests. While studying thanksgiving and prayer for three weeks, remember that, and Paul's letters to the churches, he always greeted the believers with what? Grace and peace from God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ. So where do we find true peace and grace? In God, our Savior. Nowhere else. I, I wanted to expand on that, but I was having a hard time. But favor rests. To whom his favor rests. If you've experienced the grace of God, you're going to find peace. On earth, peace. To those on whom his favor rests. Has God shown grace to many, 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 many people? Do you think those many, many, many people have peace? I sure hope so. Because when grace or favor comes on us from God, we can only be peaceful and restful in that grace. Verse 15 through 18, here we go. When the angels had left them, now the angels are gone, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The angels leave. What do the shepherds do? Are they debating with one another? Should we go? Should we not go? Should we believe this? They don't do that. They do what? They hurry. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord's told us about. So they hurried off. They didn't stick around saying, "Uh, let's weigh our options here. We got sheep, we got to tend them, or are we going to go? They just hurried off. And what did they see? The baby lying in a manger. The sign. They found the baby lying in a manger. Uh, Anybody watch the Chosen series? We, we watched The Shepherds, The Chosen, The Shepherd, a few days ago as a family. And if you watch that, you'll understand they hurried. They saw this light. The, the message was proclaimed. The angels left them. And what did they do? They dropped everything and started running toward Bethlehem. And they didn't just go follow the street, okay, or the path. What they do? They probably just went straight through the fields, up and down hills, through water. They just, they just hurried to get to this baby, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. David Guzik again says this, 
They no longer heard or saw angels, but they had the abiding encounter with Jesus. Angels may go, but Jesus remains. The angels left, but Jesus was there. They encountered Jesus. These shepherds were thought to have watched the temple lambs for sacrifice. William Barclay, a Scottish Bible scholar, said this, It is a lovely thought that the shepherds who looked after the temple lambs were the first to see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They're watching the flocks that were going to be sacrificed for sins. They leave them on the hillside. I don't imagine anybody staying behind. They hurry to see the baby lying in a manger. And who's that baby? The Lamb of God, who takes away all the sin of the world. And then I was also thinking, they see the Lamb of God lying in a manger, but they were looking and bowing down to the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd. You, don't even, you just don't have the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You have a good shepherd that knows his sheep by name. And it's to shepherds that the angels come. They were the first to witness the birth besides Mary and Joseph. And what do they do? Do they go back to the hillside and just forget about what they've heard and seen? What do they do? They're spreading the news to whoever they can find. And what do people respond? They respond with amazement at what the shepherds tell them. That would be an incredible story. Would you believe them? Angels came to us on the hillside, and now we're here. We saw the Savior in a manger. That's the sign the angels given us. The baby is born, the Savior is born. Would you believe it? I would. Probably not. I'd be like, you're crazy. Angels appearing to you on the hillside? A baby lying in a manger? Who puts a baby in a manger? But they were amazed. Verse 19. Remember, don't forget about Mary. Here's another Mary moment. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. While we were setting up our Christmas decorations at our house, um, I didn't know we had Christmas CDs packed away, but we have. So we got, got them out, started listening to them. And on that one of the CDs, it's from Barlow Girl. You probably never heard of the group. Anybody? Barlow Girl? Oh, Brenda, you have. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else was out? Teresa, you have? Karen has? Thank you. Yes. Have you listened to the Christmas CD? Huh? I'm, I'm not nuts, no. Barlow Girl. Okay. They wrote a song called Hallelujah, Light Has Come. And when I listened, I listened to it like three, four times this week, and I was like, this is from Mary's viewpoint. This, this has to be from Mary's viewpoint. Listen to this. Hmm, my baby, heaven sent you to me. All the world's been praying, who will save But who am I 
that here tonight I hold the one who will bring us life. Hallelujah, we've been found. A child is born to save us now. Jesus, hallelujah, light has come. A Savior who will set us free. A promise for those who believe. Do you hear the angels sing for you, my baby? Men and kings have come to bow to you. Men, I I like to put shepherds in there. But here in my arms so close to me, the Son of God, now all can see. Hallelujah, we've been found. A child is born to save us now. Jesus, hallelujah, light has come. A Savior set us free. So praise to God on high. He has heard our cry. Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. She saw these shepherds come and I could only picture like she's looking at the shepherds and just saying, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. All the prophecies, all the stories that we've been told about the Messiah coming, it comes to this point and Mary's pondering these things in her heart. One teacher said she's probably making a scrapbook moments and writing it down. The shepherds came and visited us. They're going out and spreading the word. Me and Joseph are sitting by the baby that's lying in this manger, making a scrapbook. Good picture. She has all these memories, and she's writing them down. Verse 20, back to the shepherds. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The response by the shepherds to the things that they have seen and heard, the glory and praise to God. Nothing else. They go back and they return, glorifying and praising God. What a response. What should we learn from these shepherds and the angels and their parts in the birth narrative of Jesus? First, the good news that will cause great joy is for all people. The Savior, Messiah, the Lord, Jesus Christ came into the world for all people. You know this verse, I hope. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. The message that will cause great joy is for all people. Not just me. Not just us in this room. It's for all people. Secondly, find peaceful rest in the grace of God. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Find peaceful rest in the grace of God. It's hard. Tuesday I had a bad day. But if you find peaceful rest in the only place you can, 
the grace of God, you will find that rest and peace. You don't have to worry because God is there for you. Thirdly, if you have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, start spreading the good news that will cause great joy to all people. I know I'm one of them. Sometimes I'm scared to speak the name of Jesus to the people I see. But what did the shepherds do? They didn't care. They left that manger scene and went to tell everybody. And then they returned to their work. Don't be afraid to proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior. Especially if we've found grace that saved us. Do you keep good news to yourself? If something good happens to you and your family, do you keep it to yourself? No, you're probably calling your friends, your family, your neighbors, saying, this just happened to us. This just happened to me. Can you believe it? Start spreading the news. And lastly, if you are not a follower of Jesus, repent of your sins. Confess Jesus as Lord and Savior who came as a baby, later died on the cross for us. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21 is going to be the invitation. Here's the invitation. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The angel, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. The name Jesus. And we learned it last week. Who will save his people from their sins. Caesar Augustus can't save us from our sins, right? The President of the United States can't save us from our sins. Keith Mitchell cannot save you from your sins. The kings and princes and saviors of the world can't save us from our sins. But you know who can? Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you shepherds, and to everybody else in the world. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Savior, he will save you from the sins. The Messiah is the promised Messiah that was coming into the world. And the Lord, he's the master of your life. He owns everything. He created everything. That's Jesus. So if we know Jesus, what are we doing? Spreading the news. If we don't know Jesus, we better think about it. Is what I'm doing saving me from my sins? Can I do it on my own? No, I can't. Jesus can save us. He can save you. Because what? Good news that will bring great joy for all people. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the message of the angels to the shepherds. This is good news that will cause great joy for all people. Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, is born 
And we know that Jesus can save His people from their sins. Allow that to sink in with us. Holy Spirit, I thank You for being here. Help us to learn and grow in our grace and knowledge of Jesus and God. Lead us as we go out from this place. If we see somebody, help us to spread the news that will cause great joy. People need Jesus. So let's trust you and praise you for what you've done to us that we would be able to go spread it to whoever we come in contact with. Neighbors, family, friends. Thank you for this story and the characters of Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.